we are live. That's, that's a big fail. What is going on, everybody? My name is Adam, and you are hopefully watching the Our Real Addiction podcast. This is episode 151 of the Our Real Addiction podcast. Um, if you haven't already, if you're listening, I should, I would definitely suggest that you check out the video version because we have cool little slides of the box office and other things. Haha. <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, if you're listening, I would suggest checking out the YouTube channel because we do have YouTube exclusives such as Movie News Monday and TV Inquiry. Uh, you, the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at our real addiction, or you can click the link down in the description below and you'll have a faster uh, faster way to the YouTube channel. Um, just me writing solo today. Um, I know I promised you the Napoleon... Uh, spoiler open discussion review with my buddy Joseph, but we are holding off till Friday to release that on Friday just to keep the uh, flow of how we've been doing the podcast lately. So Fridays are specifically for spoilers, despite promising you one on Wednesday. So I do apologize. Um, hopefully you check it out on uh, Friday because uh, Joseph and I saw it last night and we're recording later tonight for uh, for the Napoleon open spoiler discussion we hope you guys are obviously gonna check that out um we got some interesting things to talk about today we got two main topics outside of the box office um first things first like i said we got box office and we also have uh the uh james gunn superman legacy finds its lex luther and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and also star wars lucas films has a new creative officer we're gonna get into that super exciting it's uh, something long overdue um we're gonna go ahead and just jump right into the box office because uh it's pretty interesting in my opinion so coming in at number five is five nights at freddy making 3.6 million dollars that brings its grand total up to 272 million dollars 133 of that being domestic and 139 of that being international that's pretty interesting because i think i had read that it was, it was the highest grossing horror film of the year. Um, and there's been quite a few horror films. We have a couple here uh, on, I believe, this. Or we have two on this list this week. So uh, this week for box office uh, for November 17th to 19th. But, um, yeah, pretty interesting because we also had Scream this year and it outperformed Scream. So we're going to be, you know, so that's awesome that Five Nights at Freddy is the highest grossing film of all time. Or excuse me, of 20, 2023, I should not say of all time. Um, and yeah, that comes in at number five. Uh, clearly in sequel territory, as a lot of people loved it. For those who understand Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Five Night at Freddy's, uh, people obviously loved it. But coming in at number four, making $10.1 million is The Marvels. Um, that brings its grand total up to $162 million, 66 of that being domestic and 96 of that being international. Uh, we, I did talk a little, about it, a little bit about it on Movie News Monday where it was projected to make less than $250 million, uh, making it the lowest grossing Marvel's film of all time for the MCU. Uh, that's a damn shame considering it is, in my opinion, one of the greater Marvel films we've gotten in the last couple of years. Um, uh, obviously, people will disagree. I feel like they're kind of just over the MCU. And then on top of that, 
Uh, Brie Larson isn't really the be- isn't the best marketable uh, hero or best marketable actress for uh, Captain for Captain Marvel. Uh, she is never really integrated with the fans very well. I mean, we saw that little standoffish conversation that she had at Comic Con a couple of years ago. So I think people are just kind of not in support of her, despite despite uh, Iman Vanali as uh, Kamala Khan and Tanoya. Uh, Tanoya Paris as Monica Rambeau, um, giving both great portrayals, and even Brie Larson herself having a fantastic portrayal as Carol Danvers. Um, but it's a damn shame that this film doesn't uh, isn't going to make the film uh, back its budget because it, it is honestly it's a decent film, and I would check it out if you already haven't. Coming in at number three, it, uh, making ten point three million dollars, is the new horror film Thanksgiving. Um, it currently sits at $13 million worldwide. I should say 13.9, basically 14, uh, 11 and a half being in, uh, domestic and two and a half or 2.4 million being international. Uh, the film is essentially, uh, it, the synopsis of it is after a black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday Plymouth I should say excuse me I I am so sorry I am having a I had a brain fart there but Plymouth Massachusetts uh the birthplace of the infamous holiday um coming in at number I haven't had a chance to see it I should say actually uh, it does look pretty interesting though so I'm gonna check it out I know I think Joseph checked it out and I think Miguel even saw it as well so um yeah I haven't I just haven't had the time to Go check it out. Uh, coming in at number three with no surprise, or excuse me, coming in at number two with no surprise is Trolls Band Together, making $30 million even, sitting at uh, currently sitting at $111 million worldwide, 34 of that, $34 million being domestic, and 76 of that being international. No surprise. I mean, there was a lot of buzz about around this film simply because of the fact NSYNC got back together for this uh for this film, uh, they made a new song for it, so I think that's pretty awesome. Um, but the synopsis of this is Poppy discovers that the branch was one that was once part of the boy band Bro Zone with his brothers Floyd, John Dory, Spruce, and Clay. Um, when Floyd is kidnapped, Branch and Poppy embark on a journey to reunite his two other brothers and rescue Floyd. I wonder what film they ripped off in this one because uh, Trolls World Tour. Uh, was a complete ripoff of Infinity War. Watch it before you completely shut it down. I know I've mentioned it on this podcast before. Uh, before you say, no, it's not, just go watch it and tell me it's not, and then go watch Infinity War. Um, but coming in at number one, also no surprise, uh, the long-anticipated prequel of The Hunger Games, uh, making for, uh, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, making $44.6 million dollars. Uh, since then, it's made an additional $60 million. Um, it currently sits at $106 million worldwide, 49 of that being international and 50, excuse me, domestic, and 56 of that being international. Um, did you, uh, if for anybody listening and watching, did you guys check out any of these films in the box office? Um, if you did, leave a comment down below on which one you saw and which one was your favorite. Or if you're listening, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, reach out to us on Instagram and let us know what your, uh, what your favorite film of this box office for November 17th and 19th was, if you've seen any of them. Um, but yeah, I think that obviously that's going to do it for the box office. Uh, we're going to jump. We're just going to jump right into it with 
We're just going to jump right into it with uh, uh, James Gunn finding his Lex Luthor. So, if you haven't already heard, obviously a couple of days ago, um, a couple of days ago, it w- it came out on came out a couple of days ago that obviously James Gunn found his his Lex Luthor. Uh, with no surprise, it came as Nicholas Holt. Uh, well, I would say uh, I was a little surprised by it, uh, but I, but the more and more I read over it, the more and more I like this casting. So the official title is uh, Superman Legacy. Nicholas Holt lands the role of Lex Luthor. This is by Justin Kroll and Anthony D'Alessandro from Deadline, and they were the ones who were able to who broke the news just a couple days ago. Um so they they go on to write. Obviously, it's an exclusive. James Gunn has found his Lex Luthor in British actor Nicholas Holt. Several sources tell us a movie star always eyed for the iconic role. After Jan- after Gunn selected a fresh uh, fresh face David Cronenweet to play the title character and Emmy Award winner Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane, the studio wanted to go through the Lex Luthor casting process after the SAG after strike. Warner already, Warner's already in business with Holt on Clint Eastwood, uh, on uh, on Clint Eastwood's Juror Number Two, and he's all, and he also starred in the 2015 blockbuster Mad Max Fury Road, which made 380 million dollars at the global box office and won six Oscars. Just had to mention it won six Oscars. <clears throat> Excuse me. Deadline reported last week that Venezuelan actress Maria Gabriela de Faria. Uh, landed the role of the villain, the engineer. Holt follows in line of such actors as Gene Hackman, Kevin Spacey, Jesse Eisen, and Jesse Eisenberg, who portrayed Lex uh, Luthor on the on screen in War- in the Warner Brothers Superman franchise. Gunn selected Cronin Sweat and Brosnahan as his main leads after months of audition tapes and in-person screen tests, and before the actor strike. But continue to be in prep on the movie. Gun who credits uh, include Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, the Suicide Squad, and and the Max series. Peacemaker is directing from his screenplay based on the DC heroes. Um, yeah, obviously. And then lastly, uh, Superman Legacy is set for a worldwide release on July eleventh, twenty twenty five. Um, I like this. I like this because if you look at Nicholas Holtz's last couple of films that he's been in, obviously we know him from. Uh, I feel like he got a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of exposure when he was in the X Men films. But he, like this year, he's done Renfield. Last year, he did uh, he did. Um, he did the menu, and then he's also been in Warm Bodies, and like I said, Max Ma- uh, Mad Max Fury Road. But I feel like him being uh, in the X Men really got him some exposure. Uh, he played Beast, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I I'm I'm super excited about this one because I mean he's really established himself as a, as a serious and well diverse actor. I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be able to play the cunning Lex Luthor. Um, Mainly just because, uh, and I feel like it's also long overdue that he's in a DC project. Uh, I think I want to say he auditioned for the role of uh, Superman when Henry Cavill got it, and I also and I and I think he also auditioned for Batman uh, for the Batman role that ended up going to Robert Pattinson, who is expecting his first baby. Uh, congratulations to him and his girlfriend. But um, 
but yeah, you know, it's just like super exciting for for Nicholas Holt to play such a a, a great villain. Um, arguably, oh, obviously the most well known Superman villain. I wouldn't say he's the most iconic DC villain that will always go to the Joker, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, like just, I mean, congratulations to him. I'm sure, I'm sure he's super excited. Uh, obviously he's had his stamp in Marvel. It also doesn't look like he's going to be returning in secret wars just because of the, uh, the Marvel's after credit scene kind of gave us who was going to be playing beast in that series. Um, I mean, obviously they can have a cameo from him and I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, the fact that he is now confirmed to be Lex Luthor, um, we're getting, you know, we we've gotten, you know, the four of the big main, uh, our main characters that are going to be a part of Superman Legacy, and for all I know, they're going to be filming soon. Don't get me wrong, Avengers Secret Wars is still years away. Uh, like I said, a cameo isn't completely out of question, but it is a lot less likely now that he has been casted as Lex Luthor, um, uh, in Superman Legacy, and that and that's coming out in just a couple years. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't get pushed back, but I don't think there should be any problems. Um, but let me know what you think. Uh, if you guys have any concerns with it, let us know. If you like it, tell us why. If you hate it, tell us why. And if you're indifferent, also tell us why. You can leave a comment down in the. Uh, you can leave a comment in the down in the comment section below, or you can message us on any one of our social media apps with no problem. Um, Moving on, this is my favorite piece of the, probably of the year, probably the last couple of years, just because it has been fun, it, it's long overdue, so uh, uh, Vanity Fair is the one who was able to break this news, and they come on to say, Star Wars undertakes universe-shaking changes after Ahsoka. Um, I just want to thank Anthony Bresnikan, who is the one writing this article, but it said it it goes on to write that Dave Filoni has a new mission in the Star Wars universe after guiding Rosario Dawson's force wielding hero to a distant celestial realm in the first season of Ahsoka. I love how he said first because it was confirmed that Dave Filoni has recently started penning and mapping out season two of Ahsoka. I'm going to be honest, he probably had it before the strikes or probably was doing it during the strikes. It just wasn't able to be announced until now the strikes have been lifted. Uh, the writer, producer, director who started wor- who started out working alongside George Lucas on the animated Clone Wars show nearly two decades ago has ascended to a new position at Lucasfilm one that will give him input to all of the galactic storytelling going forward. I love this. I absolutely love this. Now, and this goes on in a quote. Now that I, uh, now I'm what's called chief creative officer of Lucasfilm, Filoni Tales Vanity Fair, which places him into the development process much earlier and in a much more expansive capacity than his previous adversary duties. In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought, uh, I would be brought into. I would see it after it had already developed uh, good ways. I love that he says that. Because I feel like he's calling out Kathleen Kennedy. Um, 
Filoni will, uh, and we'll get a little bit into it because I do want to read a little bit more of this to you guys. Uh, Filoni, who will now work more directly with Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and alongside Carrie Beck, a veteran producer turned head of development to originate and shepherd the next generation of Star Wars shows and movies. After spending many years involved in the creation of Star Wars animation, including the Rebel series, he became increasingly more involved in live action uh, as a producer with John Favreau on The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. He, uh, Filoni goes on to continue to say, this new role, it's opened up basically, or in this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. Uh, when we were planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. Um, the news comes a little a little over a month after the conclusion of Ahsoka, an eight-episode Disney Plus series that explored how Dawson's Jedi grappled with the legacy of her of her legacy being trained by Anakin Skywalker, the mentor who became the galactic tyrant Darth Vader. There, that's a lot to unfold. That's a that's that is so much to unfold. I love that they they talked about the credentials though. And the reason I say that is because James, or excuse me, Dave Filoni, I'm getting James Gunn, and uh, I was going to say James Filoni, uh, but Dave Filoni, who has been George Lucas's right-hand man since the beginning of Clone Wars, the Clone Wars animated series, is finally going to have, is finally going to go, is finally going to be able to see a lot over the project and is going to have hand like probably a lot of say in what's getting written. And I love this because right after this article came out, a little bit later, Day, uh, Daisy Ridley came out and said, "Hey, like the Star Wars film I'm doing is a lot different from what I am work what I worked on in the sequel trilogy, and I'm very excited for it because it's different." I love that. And I love that because I feel like that is already a Dave Filoni uh uh like like trademark that she is finally working with Dave. Do not get me wrong. I'm pretty sure Dave Filoni was an advisor and consultant on the sequel trilogy uh, work, but he probably, like he said, he was coming into these projects late or while after it had already developed and while after it probably shot. The reason I think he's calling out Kathleen Kennedy is because if if you know Dave Filoni, you know Dave Filoni loves Star Wars. You can't argue that. If you just look at uh, season one of the Man- season one, two, and I would say three of the Mandalorian, Boba Fett a little bit different. That's not you know that's you know a lot of that was Robert Rodriguez, but Filoni having his stamp on it. Um, but even with Ahsoka, you can tell he loves Star Wars. If you've watched the Clone Wars, and if you haven't, I would suggest that you go out and watch the Clone Wars because the Clone Wars gives such a new light to these characters and gives you so much backstory on Ahsoka, which is his uh, uh, character that he helped create alongside Dave Filoni. Like that is our J, uh, George Lucas. That is Dave Filoni's baby. Ahsoka Tano is Dave Filoni's baby. And we are seeing Star Wars pan out. I have always said Ahsoka is the perfected version of Anakin Skywalker. Um, if Anakin didn't turn to the dark side, he is probably the, like, Ahsoka is probably the route he would have went down because Anakin questioned the Jedi Temple, but he also didn't necessarily agree with the Sith. He did things based on the, his love for Padme. However, to wrap it back up to Dave Filoni, the reason I'm saying I feel like, he, like again, he's calling out Kathleen Kennedy is simply because he, again, he, he, if, like, 
the reason I say he loves Star Wars is because there's no way he loves the sequel trilogy. There's no way George Lucas loved the sequel trilogy. That is just not Star Wars. Don't now get me wrong. The Force Awakens is is a decent Star Wars film, but it does nothing to set up the rest of the sequel trilogy. And I feel like with Dave Filoni being able to have creative uh what's let me look back at his official title here uh chief creative officer that means he is the cco of lucasfilm he is going to be the overseeing all these projects and probably saying like hey no instead of instead of uh ray's instead of it being ray palpatine it is now actually ray skywalker the daughter of luke skywalker um i just think i just think it's like you know and I, i'm sorry for the rant but i just think it's so fantastic that dave filoni is in a role where he is probably going to be able to green light and be able to challenge kathleen kennedy in a way where she cannot ruin star wars because if there is is if it's something that if there is there's nothing that she if the only thing she proved with the sequel trilogy and i apologize for stumbling on my words is the fact that she never had a plan if you watch anything that dave filoni has done with star wars he always has a plan it may take him a little while longer to cook but he has a plan if you watch the like we're gonna we're gonna watch the mandoverse conclude with the era of the empire and we're gonna say damn that is some of the best telling star wars series we have ever seen on par with dave or excuse me george lucas maybe even better than george lucas that is that will be up for debate call me crazy that's fine but i am super happy that dave filoni is finally getting the respect he deserves because he's been the backbone of star wars he is what has kept disney afloat and us saying that star wars isn't completely lost and i think disney knows that i think uh, i think bob Iger knows that i think everybody at lucasfilm knows that and i think he's finally Finally seeing the fruits of his labor finally pay off because he's been working his ass off to give us good quality Star Wars. May, you may not like season three of The Mandalorian. You may not like the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, there were some people complaining about the season two of Mandalorian. I was one of them because there wasn't enough of these cameo characters. But what has Dave Filoni always done? He has always delivered and he has always been made as happy at the end of the season. He cares about the fans. He cares about Star Wars and he's able to mesh the mesh them both together without doing it in a way that doesn't feel sloppy. So if he's already has his stamp on this new Ray Skywalker film of her continuing the Jedi Order or rebuilding the Jedi Order, I'm all for it because if there's anybody who I feel can do justice to the character of Ray Skywalker, it's going to be Dave Filoni, and I feel like he's going to be able to uh, he's going to set Daisy Ridley up for so much success, and we're going to be happy with the betrayal that Daisy Ridley had. I know this kind of turned into a little bit of a rant, and I'm sorry. I mean, obviously, this is a podcast. Um, but I'm super happy that Dave Filoni is is in a higher position to be in the mix on a lot of these Star Wars, if not all these Star Wars projects, and have some sort of really big say. Because if there's anybody who should be running Star Wars right now, it's Dave Filoni. He clearly understands George Lucas's vision, and he, he's shown that in the Mandalorian verse or the Mando verse, I should say. Um, because again, he's worked on he's worked on Star Wars since the Clone Wars. If you go watch the animated show, the Clone Wars, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Season seven is like top tier Star Wars. It's a short season. Go check it out, guys. It's some of Dave Filoni's best work. So is Rebels. Those are the Re- Rebels and the and the Clone Wars are some of Dave Filoni's best work, if not his best work on Star Wars. Or uh, even that episode of um, uh, the ending to season two of the Mandalorian where Luke shows up. Um, 
But yeah, guys, I think that's going to do it for episode 151 of Our Real Addiction. Again, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It helps. You guys have no idea. It, it, it you know, but we've been growing the YouTube channel quite free, uh, pretty decently the last couple of weeks. So I'm pretty happy, you know, and, but I, you know, obviously I asked for, you know, I asked that you guys share it with just one person, you know, it's just like, I would appreciate it so much. Miguel and I would appreciate it so much, but, um, yeah, if you haven't already go check out all the previous episodes of movie news Monday, as well as TV inquiry, because those shows are going to be coming back. I mean, movie news Monday has, has one episode back. Um, since it's hiatus, but we're going to get TV inquiry back up and running very, very soon. Um, but yeah, again, uh, you can check out all our previous episodes down in the description below. As always, I'm Adam, sick Parvis Magna, everybody. <laughs>